Recess was over, and the boys all came running into the classroom for their first period of English that day. Now, not every boy in the school loved to go to secular studies. Some enjoyed math, some enjoyed science, some enjoyed social studies, some enjoyed history, and some enjoyed dismissal. But it didn't really matter because they had to be in school anyway. So everyone came into the classroom with an attitude of excitement and everyone sat down with an attitude of excitement. And Mrs. McGillicuddy, the teacher of Sammy's class, cleared her throat and said, Students, could I please have your attention? I know that I am going to um, be uh, out. I'm going to have to go away for a couple of days. And today, I want to set up so that everything that you can do with the substitute will be very easy. So please pay very close attention to what we're doing so that when the substitute comes in, you know what the substitute is supposed to do even better than the substitute. Avramel raised his hand. Yes, Avramel, uh, Mrs. McGillicuddy, I'm just wondering, who is the substitute? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I think that the uh, rabbi found a good substitute for you, very, very good for you, I think so. What's his name? Or her name? The substitute? Uh, I think it's Mr. Saltwater. Mr. Who? Saltwater. I I don't know who he is, but that's what I think the principal said. Uh, Yes, Sammy? Is it possible that that his name is really Salzburg? Oh, you're right, you're right. (laughs) You're right, I, I, I forgot. Thank you very much, Sammy, for that, as McGillicuddy said. Now, everyone, please take out your social studies book and read page 175 to 178 and answer the questions on page 178 in complete sentences and at least three paragraphs per question. There are only 22 questions. What? It's not fair! All the kids started to express, and Ms. McGillicuddy smiled and said, Just kidding. Just take out your social studies book and let's begin reading. And the class went on. And the rest of the day went on. And things went fine. A little bit later that day, Sammy was racing home from school together with his friend, Beryl. Beryl had loved the Hanukkah experience with Sammy so much that he decided to go home with Sammy every day to see all the exciting things that happened in his house. And he wasn't disappointed. As they raced together home, Sammy did not stop when they got to the corner. The light at the corner was still green. And Sammy, without looking both ways, in his eagerness to rush home, began to cross the street. All of a sudden, as Sammy was 15 steps into the street, he heard the sound of skidding as the driver slammed on his brakes and came to a skidding halt inches from Sammy. And the driver got out and began to yell at Sammy, What do you think you're doing? You didn't even look. You're going against the light. Sammy was shaken up. He went across the street and waited for a minute to calm down. Just then, Beryl caught up. And Beryl said, Sammy, are you okay? I am, I am, I'm okay. 
boy, that was close. Oh, I, I was so excited to get home. Oh. You know what Beryl said to Sammy? Let's go down the block. Let's go to Davis Dairy and pick up a treat or something. And we'll split it on the way home. And that way maybe you'll be more calm when you get home. I think you look like you're a little pale and you need a little sugar to get in you. Well, thanks, Beryl, Sammy said. Oh, wow, that was scary. Sammy and Beryl went to Davis Dairy. And they came into Davis Dairy. And they were looking at the candy. And as they were looking at the candy, they picked out a few different things. And they came to the counter. There were other people in the store. And they came to the counter. And the person in charge started to ch check them out. All right, uh, this here is $2, and this here is $3, and this here is $4. Uh, that's a total of, uh, let's see, 2 plus 3 plus 4, 2, um, 3. Um, eh, eh, Davis uh, Dairy doesn't have a cal cash register today because it's out from, uh, for repairs. Um, 2, let's see, 2 plus 3. He guy took out his fingers, you know, he's like, 2 plus 3, let's see, 1, 2. Um, and Beryl began to laugh, and Sammy began to laugh. They weren't really intending to laugh at the fellow because he couldn't add 2 plus 3 plus 4, but it was a little funny. And so they started to laugh. And said, um, 2 plus 3 plus 4 is 6. And the guy said, okay, uh, thanks. Uh, so $6, please. And Beryl and Sammy, they both laughed at the foolishness of the situation. They're like, $6, I can get a vital of $6. And they heard the voice of an adult behind them. I can't believe it. Two boys from Yeshiva, they're going to cheat, they're going to make fun, they're going to laugh at somebody who, who, somebody who made a mistake, they're gonna make all, what in the world? This is disgraceful. I can't believe it. Boys, two plus three is five, five plus four is nine, that is a total of nine dollars you owe, not six dollars. And the person behind the counter said, oh, uh, 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 nine dollars boys. And the boys said, mm -hmm. and Beryl, who was now a little bit upset, because sometimes Beryl got that way, that he, like, acted upset, and when things got him upset, he, like, got stuck in being upset. Sammy wasn't so much that way, but Beryl was, and Sammy was just kind of following Beryl's lead, and Beryl took out of his pocket a $5 bill, and he looked at Sammy, and he winked, and he said, okay, here, could I have change, please? And the man behind the counter said, uh, yeah, uh, mm -hmm, yeah, mm. and he went to the cash, to the machine that he, whatever, it wasn't cash register, but the drawer that they had change in, and he opened the drawer, and he was like trying to figure out, um, how, how much change do you get? Um, four dollars. That's four, four of the, four of the ones with the 20 on it. Okay, okay, okay. And now obviously, this person who was behind the counter, uh, shouldn't have been behind the counter, obviously, but, but he was. I don't know why. I, I don't work in the store. I, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but, but he was behind the counter. And, Sammy and Beryl were smirking and chuckling under their breath, and then they heard that same voice from behind them. I don't believe it. What are your names, boys? Tell me your names right now. Well, Sammy said to the Beryl, Beryl, I think now it's time to leave. Beryl said, not without my food. Beryl, it's time to leave. And Sammy pushed Beryl, and they pushed him out the door. I mean, not literally out the door, but figuratively out the door. And they ran around the block and they ran around the corner. And they saw, as they left the store, they saw this man peer over out the door trying to find them. And much to Sammy and Beryl's surprise, it was the exact same man who had come skidding to a halt and almost had crashed into Sammy when he ran across the street. Whew. Oh, boy. That was uncomfortable. Beryl said. 
you know, Beryl, I, I think that wasn't really so nice to the dude, the store guy. I know. I, of course I was going to give him the rest of the money. Of course, of course. But now I lost $5. See, I mean, that's not fair. He had $5 of mine and I lost the money. You know what? I think, Beryl, we should just give it up. Uh, obviously, we don't want to meet that guy again. I don't know who he is, but we don't want to meet that adult. That'll, that'll make us really uncomfortable. We're, we're okay. Sammy and Beryl went home. And in honor of Beryl's arrival, Sammy went to the kitchen. And he got the plate of cookies. And he brought them into the living room. And he brought the container of milk to the living room. And as Beryl and Sammy were eating the cookies, drinking the milk, and playing a game of chess, Sammy stretched out. And he knocked over the carton of milk. And the carton of milk, which was open, of course, glug-glugged all over the carpet. Oy vey, Sammy said. My mother's going to be so upset that I spilled all this milk on the carpet. I'd better wash the carpet. And Beryl said, how are you going to do that? No problem. Sammy went into the kitchen. He filled the bucket with water. He dumped in some soap. And he brought the mop. And he came to the came to the living room. And he took the bucket. And he spilled the contents of the bucket onto the floor. And he took the mop. And he started to mush the mop around on the carpet. And he mushed the mop and brought it up and squeezed it out. And mushed the mop and brought it up and squeezed it out. Mushed the mop and brought it up and squeezed it out. Chaim was already home from school when this took place. He was in the basement. You see, Chaim was in the middle of creating a masterpiece. One of Chaim's talents that I never told anybody in the whole wide world, except for you right now, is Chaim was very artistic. Chaim knew how to draw very beautiful pictures. And what he did sometimes was draw pictures of Gedolim. And sometimes people paid him money for the pictures that he drew because they were so cool. And Chaim was right now in the basement working the final touches on a masterpiece of Reb Chaim Kanievsky learning Torah. And he was using his markers and his pens and whatever else artists use to draw pictures. And he was putting in those final pieces of picture, that final coloring and stenciling. And it started raining in the basement. Chaim said, rain in the basement? And the rain came pouring down 40 days and 40 nights. No, not for 40 days, it's just a joke. But the rain came pouring down right on top of his masterpiece. And it looked like Reb Chaim Kenevsky was crying. And then it looked like his hair was running away. And then it looked like his sperm were melting. And he said, Ayyvei, what's going on upstairs? It's a marble. And he ran upstairs. And there Sammy was, whistling a little tune. Something like, as he was pushing the mop and pulling the mop back and forth and back and forth. Sammy, Chaim said, trying to remain calm, as he often had to try to do when he's talking to Sammy. Sammy, did you just pour water on the floor? Yes. And here is the second bucket. Sammy said, as he began to pour a freshly filled water bucket of soapy water onto the floor. Stop! Chaim yelled and ran over and tackled Sammy onto the now soaking wet carpet. What's the problem? Why are you doing that? Beryl stood up for Sammy. Yeah, Chaim, what's the problem? He's trying to help. Beryl, don't you know you can't wash carpet with buckets of water? And you're wasting the water? I mean, and the water's trickling to the basement, and my masterpiece is ruined? Oy vey. 
Sammy said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your masterpiece. I really didn't. I'm so sorry. If you want, I'll, I'll fix it for you. I'll come down and draw for you. Um, I'll... Sammy, you don't know how to draw. That's true, but I could try to learn quickly. Oh, it's ruined. And what, what's Mommy going to say when she comes in and sees that there's like, like a swimming pool in the living room? It's more like a swamp. I'm cleaning it up. Can't you see? I'm soaking up all the water in the... And why did you do this anyway? Because I spilled some milk on, on the living room floor. Oh, boy. I can't believe this. Well, Sammy spent a long time trying to clean up the floor. He took towels from the closet upstairs. He took one towel and put it onto the floor. It got soaked pretty quick. And he filled a basket with that towel. He took another towel. He took another towel. He took another When he was up to his 18th towel, there were no towels left. He had used all the towels that people were supposed to use after they take baths or showers. He had used all the hand towels that the people are supposed to wash their hands and wipe their face on at the end of a meal or after they wash. He used all the washcloths. He had even taken the summer towels from the basement that were used for going to camp. And the floor was still damp and wet. Barrel, what should I do? He asked. Well, Sammy, maybe... Maybe you should, maybe, maybe you should vacuum the carpet. You'll suck up all the water. It's like, it's like kind of like dry cleaning. You're drying it to clean it. <laughs> That's how kind of how, that makes sense. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. And so Sammy got the vacuum out and he began to vacuum the water and he vacuumed it. That was a good idea. But you see, some vacuums are meant to vacuum water and they're made so that when water goes in, the water doesn't drip out. But the vacuum that Sammy was using, a regular normal vacuum cleaner, it sucked all the water into its tank. But inside the tank, you know what held the dirt? A bag that was made out of cloth. And all the water that came into the bag just leaked right out into the vacuum cleaner. And soon, the fan of the vacuum cleaner was spraying the water all over the walls on the outside of the vacuum cleaner. And so Sammy took all the water from the carpet and sprayed it all over the walls. Uh-oh, Sammy said. I don't even have towels. Paper towels, that's it, paper towels. And he ran through the basin and he brought up 64 rolls of paper towels. His mother came home about a half hour later. She walked into the kitchen and she was talking to herself, maybe even like reminding herself of all the wonderful things that happened that day and what she was making for supper. And she peeked over to the living room, but she couldn't really see the living room. There was a pile of something in the way. And she walked towards the pile, and she... Paper towels? And she pushed them aside, more paper towels, and she finally made her way into the living room, and she found on the floor sitting on top of empty paper towel rolls, 64 of them, Sammy and Beryl, using the last two paper towels to wipe off the last spots of mess. Sammy, what happened here, his mother asked. Oh, um, we were trying to clean the house, and we weren't so successful. And why is there a carton of milk on the floor over there, upside down? Who spilled the milk on the living room floor? Um, Beryl said, not me. (laughs) Uh, Sammy said, 
I cannot tell a lie. It was me. But I cleaned it up, Ma. And just then Chaim came upstairs. He cleaned it up all right. You should see the laundry downstairs. There's about 75 towels that need to go in the laundry now. There's a puddle of milk on the floor in the be- in the playroom in the basement. And my Reb Chaim Kanievsky got washed away. Reb Chaim Kanievsky got washed away, his mother said. What happened in Eretz Yisrael? No, I mean my picture. Oy vey, your picture. Well, Baruch Hashem, Sammy's mother was used to these kinds of things, and she did not get too upset. She thanked Hashem for the opportunity to learn how to be patient. And Sammy thanked Hashem for having such a wonderful mother. Beryl thanked Sammy for giving him such entertainment and thanked Hashem for having such a wonderful friend like Sammy. And Beryl went home. A little later that evening, Sammy's mother, in encouraging her son to get out, said to Sammy, You know what? Why don't you go to the shul for Mariv and learn a little bit in shul also? Because I think that you've been in the house for a long time and (laughs) I really need some time to uh, do some laundry and throw away a bunch of paper towels. And I think it'll be easier to do if the boys are out. So why don't you and Eli and Chaim go to the shul, David Mariv, spend some time learning Mishnayis and come back in about an hour or two. And when you come back, Mitzvah Shem, I'll at least give you a, a cup of ice cream. You'll take it up to your room. You'll in your room. And that'll be a good way to end the day. And that shows you I love you and I'm not mad at you. So the boys did. And they went to Shul. And Sammy began learning in Shul. Well, when Sammy began to learn his Mishnayis, he did so loudly. As a matter of fact, he didn't just do so loudly. He did so publicly. He went to the Bima of the Shul. He took out a Mishnayis. He put it onto the bima, and he said, <clears throat> Yamait Sammy, uh, ben my father, Rishon, first Mishnah. <clears throat> Thank you for having me read the first Mishnah, Sammy said to himself, but loudly, so that all the other learners in the room were able to hear. Chaim hiding under the table because he was in bed, and Ellie standing next to Sammy with a lot of pride. Here we go. Says in the Mishnah, Ketan Mivarkim, how do you make a bracha? Who knows the answer? How do you make bracha? He's, of course, you start off Barachat Hashem, and he's learning really loudly. Now, in the group of people sitting around learning, there was a Dafyomi share going on. And the person who was giving Dafyomi was trying to talk, but Sammy's loud learning was kind of interrupting. Now, of course, the shul allowed you to learn in the shul when the Dafyomi share was going on. But most people in the shul when the Dafyomi share was going on learned quietly. And Sammy was certainly not learning quietly. And the person giving the share tried to give the share a little bit louder. But every time he got louder, Sammy got louder. So the man would say, so it says in the Gemara that there's a machloikes Rav and Shmuel al deshaim on vegetables. Finally, somebody stood up from his seat by the shear and marched over to Sammy and looked at Sammy and said in a loud whisper, Stop being so loud. You're interrupting our learning. Sammy looked at the person and realized, "Uh uh-oh, it's the same person who yelled at them in the store. It was the same person who almost crashed into him and yelled at him before. And the person said, 
You know, you keep getting in trouble. This is not going to work out well. Oy vey, poor Sammy. He, so he was quiet. He learned quietly for the rest of the night, and he went home. Boy, was he glad the next day started. He'll be able to start fresh, new, exciting. He went to school and he learned Lamu de Kodesh with a bren. His Rebbe gave him a lot of compliments. He got five stickers, two dollars, and dollars as in Rebbe dollars. And he also got a special treat for his enthusiasm for his davening. And then they went to lunch. And they had lunch recess. And the day was going perfect. And Sammy, at that moment, and then he came in from lunch, he was on a high. He was so excited. And he came into the class with his friends and his classmates. And they walked into the room and they sat down. And one of the classmates said, Oh yeah, Mrs. McGillicuddy's not here today. I wonder what Mr. Saltwater looks like. No, his name is Salzburg. Oh right, Salzburg. I wonder what he looks like. Me too. And then Mr. Salzburg walked in, and Sammy looked up, and Sammy's eyeballs almost fell out of his eyes. His mouth almost fell to the ground. And then he put his head in his hands, and he groaned, Oh, they, I'm in trouble. It was the same man who almost crashed into him. The same man who yelled at him in the store. And the same man who had yelled at him the night before. Oy vey. Oy vey. Beryl was in the room also. Beryl looked at Sammy. And Beryl only knew about two of the stories. And not even the third. Well, Mr. Salzburg began his class. I'm very honored and privileged to have the opportunity to teach you. I'm trying to become a teacher. I used to be a lawyer, but now I want to be a teacher. And I'm glad that your Menahel, your rabbi, your Rabbi Feingold, gave me the opportunity to be your teacher, even if it is for a week. A week, Sammy said. Oy vey. Except he said it out loud. Mr. Salzburg looked at him, and he recognized him, and he said... Aha, I see we have some troublemakers in the class. (laughs) Sammy wanted to say, I'm not a troublemaker. I like coming to school and I like trying to do things correctly. And sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I get it wrong, but I'm not. But he couldn't say anything. He was, but Beryl, on the other hand, Beryl said, oh, you see we have troublemakers in the class. How about the teacher? (gasps) Oh. Everyone said. Now, Mr. Salzburg, he didn't really recognize Beryl from the store. He said, excuse me? And Beryl said, why should I? Did you burp? (laughs) Mr. Salzburg said, young man, I'm not yet bar mitzvah. Excuse me. It's okay. I don't need to excuse you. You weren't late for class. (laughs) Mr. Salzburg went to the special intercom system on the wall and he pressed the button and the office called in. Yerf, I need the Menahel Rabbi Feingold here, please. Okay, I'll be there soon. 
and Rabbi Feingold came to the classroom while everyone just sat still. And Rabbi Feingold walked in. Ah, Mr. Salzberg, what do you need? I want to have you take a student out of the room. Already? You've been here five minutes. Yes, but I see that there are a few students here that I know are troublemakers, and um, one of them has already started causing trouble. And Rabbi Feingold said, Oive, that's terrible. Let me try just to give the class a schmooze, and then hopefully things will work out. Rabbi Sai, Mr. Salzburg is here. He's a very nice man, and he came out of his out of his uh, various positions that he's been doing to help you out and to teach you today and for the next few days. I would like to see better behavior. Okay, if you need anything, call me back. And the Menah left, and Mr. Salzburg began his lesson. We're going to start with math. Um, please here copy down this problem into your notebooks. Seventy-five. He wrote on the board. 75 plus 15. Okay, that's math problem number one. Now, math problem number two. Um, let's see. Uh, what happens if you have 90 minus 75? Okay, and write that down too. And last problem is, what happens if you have 15 subtracted from 90? What do you get? Okay, now write those down on your books and uh, solve those riddles, solve those problems for me. Um, I see uh, everyone's doing a good job. Yes, don't call out yet. I'm going to call on you for the answer in a minute. And he saw that Beryl wasn't doing it. He said, uh, young man, what's your name? What's my name? My first name or last name? Either one. Beryl. Okay, Beryl, why are you not doing the work I just assigned? Well... Kind of like they're your problems. I'm sorry? They're your problems. I don't need to solve your problems. I have my own problems. I don't need to solve yours. Excuse me. <laughs> We're back in that conversation. We don't need to talk about that again, do we? Young man? Uh, I'm not a young man. I'm not from Misfi yet. I'm, I'm... That's it. What's it? Where, where, where? Where, where's an it? I don't see any it's. You, leave the room. Okay. And Beryl stood up and walked out of the room. And Mr. Salzburg said, so the answer, and Beryl walked back in. What are you doing here? Oh, this is my classroom. Didn't I ask you to leave the room? Yes. So? I don't sew. No, I don't know how to sew. My mother does, though. <laughs> but I asked you to leave the room. Yes, and I left the room, and I came back. He went over to the intercom system. And he pressed the button. And Rabbi Feingold came down two minutes later. And he said, Yes, can I help you, Mr. Salzburg? This boy, Beryl, I need you to take him out of my room. He's being very disrespectful. Everything I say as a comment. Beryl? Beryl is like that? That's right. And Beryl said, well, it's not that everything he says I have a comment. It's just that everything he says, there's room to, there's something to say about it. I mean, he asked me to leave the room, and I did. Did he, Mr. Salzburg? Yes, and he came right back in. Oh. And every time I say to him, young man, he says he's not bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. Beryl, could you come with me, please, to uh, my office for a few minutes? But I shouldn't be in trouble. I, I didn't do anything wrong. Beryl. And the Menahel took Beryl to his office. Beryl. 
You're normally a very well-behaved boy. You're normally very respectful. I'm very surprised that Mr. Salzburg has expressed to me that you're being disrespectful. And some of the examples he gave are, are, are like almost incredible that you would say such things. I mean, I know that sometimes kids might think those things, but, but to say them to the teacher's face? I don't get it. Well, I don't have to respect him. Why not? Because he doesn't respect me. You know Mr. Salzburg? Well, I met him yesterday. And... I met him yesterday, and he didn't respect me, so I don't have to respect him. Well, I don't know if it works that way. It does, it does. He he wasn't nice to me, so I'm not going to be nice to him. Explain to me how he wasn't nice to you. I was playing a trick on someone, and he got involved, and he minded my business. And if he minds my business and, and messes my tricks up, then I don't have to respect him. Actually, Beryl, the thing is like this. If a person is an adult, and they're an authority then it's your job to respect them and show respect, even if you don't like them, even if you don't agree with them, even if they bothered you. So you mean if somebody, if somebody like, let's say, let's say, let's say somebody that was my teacher and he started punching me, I have to respect him and, and say, and say, is it possible that you could stop punching me? No, no, no. Beryl, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Obviously, Obviously, in a dangerous situation, obviously, you don't, you don't have to do that. Obviously, you can run out and run to find somebody to help you. For sure, for sure. I just mean like this. When you have a situation where there's somebody in charge, the way you interact with them is you have to say it with, you have to be respectful. You have to be nice to them. You have to treat them the way an adult is supposed to be treated by, a per, by another person. And I'll tell you the truth. It's not just one adult, one kid to an adult. Even two adults. If, let's say... I was talking to your parents. I have to respect your parents, even if I don't agree with them. Why wouldn't you agree with my parents? Well, because probably if I call them up now and tell them that you have to go home from school today because you were being bad and you have to be suspended because you're being chutzpahdik, probably your mother's going to tell me that I should give you another chance. And I don't agree with that. I think that you should be suspended. But Rabbi, that's not fair. But that's what I think. And I'm going to respect your mother. How's Rebbe respecting my mother? I'm going to say to her that, you know, I really appreciate the fact and I recognize that um, it makes her upset and sad to think about the fact that her son needs to be suspended for being disrespectful to the teacher. But I don't know what else to do. And then instead of saying to your mother, you raised a lousy kid. I wouldn't say that to your mother. But Rabbi Feingold, is that true? Do you think I'm a lousy kid? Of course not, Beryl. Of course not. So then that's why you're not being respectful to my mother. No, no, no. Let me try a different way. Let's try it differently. Let's say, for example, I'm driving down the highway. And I'm going very fast. 85 miles an hour. But Rabbi Feingold, that's breaking the law. Yes, and guess what happens? A policeman pulls me over. And he comes to my car window and he says, You're breaking the law. You're going 85 miles an hour. And I say to the policeman, let me ask you a question, Mr. Policeman. Did you put on tefillin this morning? Did you thank Hashem? Did you daven? Do you make brachos? Let's say I say that to the policeman. The policeman says no. And I ask the policeman, are you Jewish? And the policeman says yes. And I said, well, then why didn't you wear tefillin this morning? And I said, well, I don't have to respect you because you don't respect Hashem. What do you think the policeman's going to do? Arrest you? You're right, Beryl. 
probably he would arrest me. You know why? Because I'm not being respectful. And that's, in the policeman's world, if you're not respectful sometimes, you can get arrested. Well, I have to be respectful to authority. I mean, think about Moshe in Paro's palace. Paro was the biggest Russia, right? Did Moshe come into Paro and say, you very big, gigantic Russia, you lousy person, you deserve all the bad stuff because you're a bad guy? Nope. Not only did Moshe not do it, we're going to learn as soon that Moshe was told by Hashem that he has to treat Paro with respect. Because you always have to treat another person with respect. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to like them necessarily, but if you're upset with them, you could be upset with them. But when you talk to them, if they're a person who is an adult, if they're in a position of authority, it's expected, even by Hashem, even to a Russia, in the circumstances that are right, to treat them with respect. And so you have to treat Mr. Salzburg with respect. And that means not saying things to him that are chutzpahdik, not being sarcastic, not being snide, not making the whole class laugh. You have to do what you need to do to learn. But Rabbi, if you want, you can go to class and you could act well. And then after class, I don't mind. You and Mr. Salzburg can come to my office and we could talk about what happened yesterday. How about that? Well, mm, uh, mm, I, I, um, can I think about it? Sure. But first go back to class and behave. Beryl came back, back to class. He hadn't been crying, crying, but his tears kind of leaked out of his eyes because he was nervous for a few minutes there that he was going to be suspended. And Sammy looked at Beryl and shrugged his shoulders as if to say, what happened? And Beryl shook his head. And the rest of the day, Mr. Salzburg ran the class and Beryl behaved. As a matter of fact, Beryl really liked the way Mr. Salzburg taught the class. And it was a very positive situation. The Mr. Salzburg that was in the classroom was not the same grouchy man who was yelling at him in the store. And Sammy also liked it a real lot. So much so that at the end of class, Sammy and Beryl were the last ones in the room after the class was dismissed. Mr. Salzburg was packing up his belongings to come back the next day. And Sammy and Beryl walked over to him. And Sammy began, Mr. Salzburg, I want to apologize for learning so loud last night and disturbing Dafyomi. And Mr. Salzburg looked at Sammy and said, I really appreciate that. I want to apologize to you. Sammy said, to me? You want to apologize to me? That's right. I want to apologize for starting class today saying that I saw there were troublemakers in the class. I should have realized that you weren't really trying to cause trouble last night. But now that I got to know you from the classroom, I see that that's the case. And I have one other thing to ask from you. Mr. Salzburg said, Could you tell the boys that I apologized to you? I should have done it when the class was still here. No problem. I, I, want, I want to thank you for something, though, Mr. Salzburg, Sammy said. And what's that? I want to thank you for not killing me. What? Yeah, <laughs> you almost killed me yesterday. But I... Th- I did? Well, kind of. You see, I was running across the street when... That was you? Oh, Faye, why weren't you looking where you... Oops. 
Mr. Salzburg said, I'm sorry, but that was really scary to think that I almost crashed into you. I know, I forgot to look. I apologize. And now Beryl spoke. Mr. Salzburg, I also want to apologize. Oh, I, I appreciate it, Mr. Salzburg said, still a little bit nervous about what Beryl's going to say next. I realized that I was being very chutzpidic and and it wasn't giving you a fair chance. But I was upset with you. Oh yeah? Why were you upset with me? Well, because yesterday we were in the store together. We were? Mr. Salzburg said we were in a store together. Were you in Davis yesterday? Oh, oh, I was. And did you see some boys in Davis trying to pay with um, funny money or something, like $5 for something? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was you? Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that the, that was you. Oh, you fay. What were you trying to do there? Oh, Mr. Salzburg, first of all, uh, so I, 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 I didn't realize you didn't realize. Had I known that, I probably wouldn't have been chutzpahedic. But I, I thought you were, and I was, I was trying to honor Hashem, Mr. Salzburg said. I couldn't believe two yeshiva boys are going to be cheating and stealing at the advantage of a person who clearly didn't, I, I was just kidding. I was going to give him the regular amount of money. I was just trying to have a little fun. And and but I, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I realize now that it was the wrong thing to do. And 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 I'm, I'm sorry that I that I did that. And you know what, boys? Mr. Salzburg said to Beryl and to Sammy. You know what? I have a great idea. Why don't we meet again in Davis in a few minutes? You can walk there wherever you get there, bikes or whatever you do, and I'll drive there. I have to stop by the office on my way out. It'll take me a few minutes. Let's say in like a half hour. Half hour is probably good. Let's meet there in a few minutes, and let's solve this problem and make an agreement to be friendly with each other from now on. Okay, Mr. Salzburg. Half hour later, in Davis Dairy, Mr. Salzburg, Sammy, and Beryl stood together at the counter. On the counter was a very... Nice collection of some delicious candy and treats. And Mr. Salzburg said to the person behind the counter, could you please um, add them up? And the man said, uh, let's see, this one costs $2. This one costs $8. This one costs $6. Um, 2 plus 8 is 12. Uh, plus 6 is 4. 4, what? Um, so uh, I think it costs seven dollars. Um, <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, I I think I think here. Do me a favor. Here, take this twenty dollar bill. Oh, thank you. Uh huh. And and give me four dollars back. Four dollars. You want the four of the green the green ones with with the big five on it. The four of the ones with the twenty or the or the one and zero. No, I'll take the four of the ones with the one on it. Okay, four of the ones with the one on it. No, no, that's a hundred dollar bill. That's two zeros and a one. No, no. I need, oh, I thought you read it zero zero one. No, no, the, the, just a plain one. That one right there. Oh, very good, excellent, excellent. Uh, thank you very, very much. Just then, the owner of the store came out, and he saw the person who was cashing out or checking out the customers. He said, "Oi, Danny." Oh, hi, Dad. Danny, are you checking out customers again? Danny, you know that that's not your job, right? Uh, yeah, Dad. Your job is to be in the back and to package everything, to put the meats in the right places, to put the milk in the right places, to put things on the shelf, right? Oh, yeah, Dad. You're not supposed to be cashing people out. 
and the owner came to the front and he said, <clears throat> I just want to make sure that Danny did this correct because sometimes he doesn't know the numbers so well. Um, th- how much did you pay? Oh, let's see over here. It's going to be $16. Did you pay $16? Yeah. And, and sometimes he gives change. Uh, the other day I saw him giving a $100 bill instead of a dollar bill. He, he almost did that again. All right. Well, Baruch Hashem, I really appreciate your honesty. And he looked at the two boys and he said, are you together? Yes. Well, you know what? You are such nice people that you were honest and, and I really appreciate it. And you know what? I'd like you here. Have this carton of ice cream as a gift. You guys could divide it um, uh, amongst yourselves. And Sammy and Beryl looked at this delicious-looking car- caramel, chocolate, marshmallow, fluff ice cream mixed all together, and they said, "Ah, oh, delicious!" And the the teacher, Mr. Salt, and Mr. Salzberg said, "That's really generous and kind of you, sir. Actually, uh, what's your relationship to these boys?" Well, I'm their teacher. Oh, you're a teacher. Oh, you know what? You made, you, you really, you were so honest. You could have gotten a lot of money from me and you didn't cheat me. I'm so happy. How about, here's four cartons. Why don't you have an ice cream party in your classroom? Oh, wow. And that's exactly what they did the next day. They didn't learn much science in English, but they all got stomach aches eating cartons of ice cream.